Journey to the new 1% week one recap. So we've made a huge pivot on the podcast. We now interview acquisition entrepreneurs and make content on buying, selling, and operating businesses to create the new 1%, a group of people measured by their impact and not their wealth. Right now, the focus is buying sober living properties, and we have a solid strategy for sourcing our tenants. It's not Zillow. looks like Google Ads, SEO, and referral partners from inpatient and outpatient rehab facilities. Most properties cash flow. We just need to pick one, get a private money partner to commit, close it, and start operating so we can learn along the way. Getting approved for financing with a conventional bank or DSCR lender is the biggest mental hurdle right now, and a creative deal, direct to seller, would solve it. The next step is to get a solid five-bedroom property lined up in Austin or Dallas and shop it around to potential private money partners. Stay tuned for how you can join the new 1%. Now, some of you may be sitting here and you may be asking, what is the new 1%? And so really, what the new 1% is, is a culture change from people focused on wealth to people focused on impact. Now, why did I think about this culture change? How do you change culture? I'm going to dive into that right now. When I was 14, you know, I got taken out of my house because a real estate investor bought it for pennies on the dollar, which is great for him, great for his business model, but it displaced my family and we had a lot of stress and anxiety there. I made a commitment to myself that I was going to have money in the future. I would be able to provide for my family financial freedom. Made that commitment to myself. Later, when I was in Charlotte, I was out with some friends doing the whole college thing. You know, I was in college, 1920. We were celebrating a birthday in the city. I saw a homeless person. And the homeless person asked me for money. And by this point, I was already a year or two into the entrepreneurial bug. And it frustrated me because when he asked me money, I was, asked me for money, I was dead broke. There was nothing I could do to help that person. And what I thought in that moment was, had Timmy five years ago been about his business, he would be in a better position to help this person standing in front of him right now. And when I saw that, it made me take ownership, not over the homeless person's situation, but over my ability to help. And what that looks like is becoming the best version of myself so that I can turn around and help people in those situations. And I want to be able to help them practically. I want to be able to put people in homes. I want to be able to feed them, get them the clean water, help them feel safe, get them into community, teach them the life skills they need in order to provide for those around them and for themselves. And then I wanna give other people that energy, other people that bug for impact. And so some of the questions that I ask myself is how am I practically making an impact right now? And to be honest, for a long time, this weighed on my heart because I didn't feel like I was making an impact. I didn't feel like anything I was doing had kind of purpose. I felt like I was being slow and I was being slow because I was playing it slow. I was playing small. If I thought bigger, if I played bigger, if I got around people who do the same, maybe I'd be able to help people a little more. Which is why I'm so excited about sober living. Just earlier, I told you guys that the focus would be sober living and we're marching along. We have some obstacles we need to hurdle over, some people we need to get commitments from, but we're going good. We're feeling solid. And I love it so much because it's so aligned with what I was planning to do in the future anyway. Initially, I wanted to get financially free, buy homes, put people in homes, and help them reintegrate back into society. I just didn't know that I could get paid for doing that today. And so what that looks like right now is sourcing those tenants, buying those properties, and then setting up a structure, setting up a community so that 
it can go far and they can create life together and they can create a new life together. And so when I'm thinking about the process of sourcing tenants and what that impact is looking like right now, it looks like building relationships with organizations, sober living operators, and most importantly, rehab centers and detox centers. And when I get connected with those rehab centers and detox centers, they have case managers and discharge managers who kind of refer people who are looking for sober living to these sober living homes. And so as I get that tenant flow, I can then get them into my system. And my vision for the impact of sober living looks like a lot of exercise and a lot of accountability. I'm not talking about people just kind of sitting there and saying, hey, did you do your journaling? Hey, did you read your book? No, it's like, hey, let's sit down, let's journal together for 15 minutes, and then let's share what we're willing to share at the end of that 15 minutes for five minutes. We're gonna have a 20-minute journaling session where we are accountable to each other. And at 6 a.m., we're gonna get up and we're gonna work out together. And then from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., at 7.30, we're gonna have dinner together, but from 6 to 7.30, we're gonna do deep work. And that deep work is gonna be whatever entrepreneurial skill we're trying to build right now towards whatever impact we're trying to make. Because I have this hypothesis, and I may be crazy, but I think when it comes to changing yourself, you need a lot of things in your environment that are helping you make that change. And a lot of people who are coming out of these rehab centers, coming out of these detox centers, and are committed to making a change, they need more inputs, they need more stimuli that are creating a different response, a more productive response. And so accountability to journaling, accountability to exercise, accountability to deep work, to increase your pockets, accountability to clarity, and using your increased pockets to then increase the impact you're leaving on the world, and then actually seeing the stuff you're doing change people's lives, and then seeing that people are dependent upon you, I think that level of accountability, that level of impact, that level of entrepreneurship, competency, and clarity, all of that will create a community worth coming back to. And yeah, they might stay at the sober living property for a year, for two years, but then they'll leave with a community of people that they can go out into the world and impact people with. So that's really the vision for the small communities that I'll be building in the sober living kind of business as I scale because people feel best when they impact others. And if they're out kind of relapsing or doing more drugs or doing more alcohol or going back to whatever their old life was, it's because the new life wasn't good enough. It wasn't enticing enough. So instead of hitting them with the stick towards discipline, let's put the carrot in front of them and let's make that the most delicious carrot. Let's dip that carrot in chocolate and make sure it's aligned with exactly what they want exactly the sprinkles that they want, where they want them, so that they run after that. They run after that carrot. They run after that impact. They run after that new life that they can have with people. So that's really the vision for the sober living model. And I just want to make it a priority and get people that are um, invested in themselves, so much so that they become a person that other people can depend on. Because when you start creating an impact and when you become the best version of yourself, and you get to a point where you're making an impact, you realize that people are dependent on you and you realize that that dependency, that interdependence hopefully, creates massive impact and fulfillment that you get to be a part of every day. So it'll be slow scale, but I think it can work because you hear people having kids and changing all the time. Like they have a kid, they get more responsible, they get more competent, they get more of this, discipline, focus, et cetera, et cetera, because their priorities are put in place. 
And I think as we allow people in our sober living properties to go out and impact the community together, to build financial freedom together, and then use that to do really cool things together, not only will they build lasting friendships, but it will shift their priorities. And so ultimately I see this not just being in Austin, not just being in Dallas, not just being in Abilene, not just being in Charlotte, but kind of being across the nation and hopefully being the foundation for the new 1%. Like as we build, I'll be able to work with people in really small groups and manage house managers that work with people in really small groups so that they become the entrepreneurs that really can impact people. And what that looks like is really putting them through the $100 million leads, $100 million offers, power of positive thinking, how to win friends and influence people, the Bible, like getting them this kind of foundation of knowledge in the entrepreneurial world and this kind of fundamental value system. It doesn't have to be Christianity. I would like for it to be Christianity, but where they're leading a life of love. And when you build those two things in people, deadly skillful, deadly loving, and you put those two things together, a very loving and skilled person, they can go out and they can make a lot of change. And so that's why I think it could be the foundation for the new 1% because the new 1% is people measured on impact and I'll be able to work with people in a moment where they're trying to change their life and set the foundation for them to now live a life of impact, live a life of love where they're becoming their best selves so that they can help people the best that they can. Anyway, that's the vision. I see it scaling across the nation. I see myself helping thousands of people per year and then launching those thousands to help tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, billions more. Ultimately, we need a community of 800,000 people that can each give a million dollars a year to our endowment. That's what we're trying to do. So when we get these sober living homes at scale and we have thousands of people running through it, hopefully that ripple effect will get us to that 800,000 as well as the media presence from you guys sharing stuff like this. Now, thank you for listening. This was all about my journey through the rest of the week. We'll get back to content on how you can buy and sell businesses and just the kind of controversial nature of business and then how you can use community investing to impact people, which is another part of the vision that I missed out on. You can actually get these people together have them put their extra income into an LLC, into a pot, and then have them buy a business. And then maybe I operate the business or we source a CEO to operate the business, kind of share equity, and we're all better off for it. Owning these assets that we then increase in value over the years, and people have cash flow coming in that enables them to do what? Make impact. So that's what we got for you guys today on the show. That is the week one recap of where I'm at in my journey being part of the new 1% and I hope you join me. Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out.